You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Wednesday, December 20th, almost Christmas, episode 3326. Good morning, Horse World. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Jamie and I's last recording of the year. We'll have shows for you the rest of the year that Ashley put together, some of our best of interviews and things like that we do at the end of the year. But this is it. This is it for 2023, buddy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's almost Christmas, almost New Year. 2024 is right around the corner. It's amazing. Um, we're going to be heading off Saturday for a cruise. We're cruising over the holidays. This is one we were supposed to do in 2020, but then that certain little COVID thing happened and everything got oh, canceled. Oh, no way. This one is from then? Yes, this one's from then. We were supposed to do it that year and it got canceled, so we finally rescheduled it for this year. So we, the best part, you know what the best part about doing a Christmas cruise is? I know you don't like cruising, but you'll like this part. I don't have to cook or clean, do dishes the entire week no and you don't have to deal with a crazy family well that's actually so true. I'm, I'm really thinking that <laughs> this whole vacation over christmas thing might be my 2024 there you go perfect idea you don't have family you don't have dishes and you don't have to cook it's the best yeah. thing ever and you know my husband the airline pilot always works on christmas so i end up having to go to his family by myself with lucas and you you know what lucas and i might just head out <laughs> Peace out. Thanks, Chris. Do you want to join us? We can probably get you. No, they're sold out. Sorry, I can't get you a ticket this I'm year. good. I'm yeah, good right. for this year. Thanks, All right. bud. All right, no problem. So we are going to, as we always do at the end of the year, we're going to take a look back at 2023 in our lives personally. And also we are going to take a look at Horses in the Morning. I have I have, uh, I have put together this annual stats for you. This is always shocking oh, to us. Yes. Um, but we also have Brad from Double D Trailers is going to give us part two on the trailer series talking about which configuration of a trailer is best for you. I think Jennifer and I have had almost all of them. And uh, as I said, we're going to take a look back. We have, we don't have weird news today, do we? What Do we have weird yes, news? Yes, of yeah. course. We have okay. a year-end wrap-up of weird news. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. And then auditors, hang on for the post-show. We'll hang out with you guys for a couple of minutes. So we really do appreciate you all being here. Now, let's do a Daily Winnie's and hold, uh, you know, sit down, everybody. This is going to take a while. Come on. Happy birthday. Don't do this to me in the last recording. Oh of the my year. God, it crashed on the last <laughs> recording. We are sending out 2023 in style here. <laughs> There's a lot of auditor birthdays. I tried to look at all the ones through January the 2nd when we come back. So if I missed anybody, I apologize, but this is what I found. Sarah, Deb, Tiffany, Sarah, uh, Nicola, Maria, Kim, Tamira, Ash, Beth, 
Brenda, Zoe, Stephanie, Kelly, and Megan. Happy birthday to all of you. There are a lot of people that are born around Christmas time. <laughs> they should get extra daily winnies because they are born around Christmas, Christmas time. time. Like yeah. my Chad's birthday is January 8th, and I find it hard enough to separate with having that much time. I can't imagine how difficult it is for family, too, to deal with somebody who's got a birthday. It's it's basically your fault that you were born so close to Christmas. That's right. So, That's right. yeah. That is true. <laughs> So I'm going to give a daily Winnie and I'm not, I'm not super happy about it because I'm like incredibly jealous and I would like to give my daily Winnie. We're going to round out the year with Rebecca O'Brien's email. Okay. Hi, Jamie. I'm writing to you as a fellow lover of the man from Snowy River and Tom Burlington <laughs> fan. You In found February, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. Everybody listening is except for you. In February 24, my husband and I are off to see a screening of The Man, as it is affectionately known here, played with a live orchestra for the music score at the iconic Sydney Opera House. Oh, my God. To further add to my excitement. No, and that's why I'm mad at her. But to further (laughs) add to my excitement, Tom Burlington and Sigrid Thornton will be making an appearance. Oh, we got to submit this for a travel voucher from Equine Network, don't we? She said, to be honest, this is not my first close encounter with Tom. I was able to see him perform jazz at a dinner we intended, uh, attended at Willinga Park, which is an equestrian center near where I live in the coast of South Coast, New South, NSW, whatever that is. I don't know. I'm sorry. New South Wales? Um, I don't know. That's yes, in England, I, I think. I don't know. <laughs> it probably Wales. I, I, she, I, Australia, Wales, she's very... She's cooler than us is what it boils down to. She said, if you're interested, I can provide you with a review of the night at the Opera House for you to chat about on your podcast with Glenn, who incidentally needs to get on board and go watch the freaking movie. (laughs) (laughs) I added the freaking. I figured. Um, Yeah. So because in Australia uh, they wouldn't say freaking <laughs> no, and she's in Australia. She does say she's in Australia, and she's dying of heat stroke. So I really, honestly, okay, Rebecca. Here's the thing: that did she do this yes. just to let you know that she is she rubbing it in? Is that really why she's doing? It? Uh, I I I think she's reaching out as a fellow lover, but also letting me know that she's better <laughs> than me. <laughs> and there's no restraining order on her being within 500 feet of Tom Burlington. And I don't understand why I didn't, I don't, I don't have tickets to this, but, but whatever. Uh, anyway, at any point, Rebecca, yes, you better come on. And if you could, there's this little app on your iPhone. And it's like a voice note and you just go up and if you could please get to talk to him and just say, uh, Hey, could you please be a guest in horses in the morning? And if not, will you please say hi to this psycho fan of yours, Jamie Jennings, because I'll make that my ringtone. I would like to have a ringtone from Tom. Uh, so any of that, anyway, Rebecca O'Brien, you're my new best friend and I'm totally jealous. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> Well, we're we're also glad you're listening, Rebecca, even if you do have a terrible taste in movies. But we're glad you're listening. <laughs> now, how cool would it be, though, with the orchestra this, I've been sa- at that iconic oh my God. landmark? Oh, my God. It's the best soundtrack of all time in the history of soundtracks. And I'm not even like a soundtrack person. And I know every note. And I just, oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, my gosh. 
Very cool. I sent you a weird news story. <laughs> yes, you did. I think I was awake the other night, couldn't sleep because I was hacking and coughing, and I found this one. It's Christmas-related, so I think it's appropriate that we do it today, don't you? I do, I do. And and so I wanted to... Uh, Plantation, Florida, is that close to you? Plant, Yeah, uh, not too close. It's down in the bad part, uh, you know, down in the southeast, down along the coast there. Well, then that's part of the course. So this South Florida home in Plantation, Florida, is Kathy Hyatt. She's a realtor and her uh, ex-husband, Mark, who passed away in 2020. They had this home. They've been living in this. Kelly, Kathy has been living in this home for the last 15 years. And um, they do a Christmas light display that is known all over like people could be listening to this for the first time and being like oh my god i know that house like i've it's been enormous. to that house there's pictures it is enormous oh like <laughs> it makes the christmas movie with clark griswold like it's embarrassing like this has a the great light like, fight remember sleigh. that show that's that kind of christmas display yeah. it's 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 over the top and apparently um, there have been, because of their Christmas light display, there have been some legal issues and complaints between the city of Plantation and the Hyatts that all stem from their Christmas light situation. Well, they call it, it a Christmas light situation. It's huge traffic jams is the problem. <laughs> well, I feel like if you are involved in something that is causing a big problem with the city and you're attracting a lot of attention you should be fairly squeaky clean. However, <laughs> however, it is Florida. <laughs> so it turns out that this cup, this lady with the Christmas lights have been squatting in this home for like 15 years. It's not even their house. There's like they had, they didn't pay taxes and the whole the, the house got repossessed basically by the government and nobody put it together. That they weren't supposed to live there. They owe $35,000 in back taxes alone. And the, apparently it went on so long. The statute of limitations for criminal charges is already gone. Like now they're just trying to work through all the paperwork of who owns the home. Do you so know, maybe Glenn, did you see what she does for, for a living? Did you get catch she's that? A real she's a realtor. <laughs> So what and, she and did like, f 15 years ago is she actually filed falsified papers to, to get this all put in her name. Uh, but basically, yeah, the, none of it was real. <laughs> so she was squatting for 15 years. Like, so whose house actually is it? I don't know. Somebody They're died. Working. I don't know if it was an estate issue and she just caught wind of it because she was a realtor and knew how to game the system. But she's been rent-free, tax-free, everything free for 15 years, <laughs> except for the light display, which must have cost her a fortune. Yeah, but why on earth would you be like, everybody look at me? That, but you <laughs> know, people who are criminals never think they're going to get caught. Right? That's true. I guess so. She thought oh she gosh. had this down. She had this nailed. <laughs> yeah. Welcome it's to crazy. Florida. And by the way, this story was in People magazine, <laughs> which is hilarious. Florida news has made the national media, Glenn, the national media. You know, I read an article over the weekend, too, of the 20 drunkest and most strung out states, the highest drug use. And believe it or not, Florida was not in the top 20. What? I don't. So our people just come by this naturally. Was uh, Oklahoma number one? Oklahoma was in the top 20. I will tell you that. Yes. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Yesterday... 
Just yesterday, Chad's like, uh, did you see what was going on next door? And I'm like, what? Um, apparently our next door neighbor is the ones to the east of us that really don't like us because we built our barn and arena next to their house because <laughs> that's where it was going to go. You know, um, that brain donkeys, what do they want? What are they complaining I about? I know, right? Yeah. They're not, they're just not super fans of us. And yesterday, <laughs> Chad's like, we call them the pot neighbors and across the street are the meth neighbors. Oh. So these are the pot neighbors. Uh, so Chad walked out and he was like, why are there so many uh, police cars up front? All the sirens going. And we see the neighbor sitting, the girl, the lady, cuffed, sitting on the ground in her front yard. Her husband's up on the the patio smoking a cigarette, watching his wife get taken over. Is this the pot neighbors or the meth neighbors? Or both? The pot neighbors. Oh, okay. The pot neighbors. (laughs) So the meth house is still active, but the pot people, they're gone. They're still going. Oh, they're oh. they're cracking down slowly but surely around <laughs> here. <laughs> Why is it no matter where you move, out in the middle of nowhere? We lived in the middle of nowhere on a hundred acre farm. The house you couldn't see another house from our house, and the neighbors stole our cows. Why is it that you <laughs> always have that neighbor no matter where you move? You they just... stole your cows here in Oklahoma. You get shot for that. Uh, well, they, they our cows got loose, ended up at their property, so they thought it would be fun to put them on their truck and take it to them to their other farm. <gasps> oh, Jennifer, that's the only bad. reason we got those cows back is Jennifer was driving down the road one day, looked into this field full of cows, and saw our two cows because they had distinctive markings, and they had uh, they were they were protecting our cows by moving them from one farm to the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Why is it though? Everywhere you move, you have that one neighbor. There's Look at poor crazy. Mary Kitzmiller. I mean, she's had, she's had ten years of those neighbors. Oh God, worse than any of us you ever j- had. Just remember, if you live somewhere and you don't have that neighbor, <laughs> you are that neighbor. You're that neighbor. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our highlights of the year. Uh, so I'll start, give you a chance to think about it a little bit. So this is positive. We, we try and end uh, the last uh, episode that we're recording for the year on a, high, on a high note. So I got to thinking, what were my highlights? And they don't have to be show-related. They can be anything. We'll talk about the show a little later. Uh, so my highlights are, getting one, getting to do this show for another year, because I just feel like we're ripping the system off by getting to do this for another year. So thank you for everybody for listening and helping us continue to do it for another year. I, you know, I have to think about, personally, my our number one, this is Jennifer and I both, our trip to Norway was just fabulous. And it was part, you know, people who hike the Appalachian Trail, people who do hard things, they go doing adventurous things, or they go travel the world and come back, they always say the same thing. And that's, you know, the places were cool and the view scenery was great, but it's the people that you meet that make it. And that was the same way for our trip to Norway. We're still in contact with the couples we met there and spent the whole week with on the cruise. Well, Chad says it's the people you meet and the food you eat. But there you go. Make a that's, trip. that's there you go. And I, I totally agree with them. And of course, for us, buying the farm. So we bought uh, over two acres ranch. And uh, we were just up there again yesterday, finishing up some fencing in the front. And we got approval for our barn and are hoping to hear about that this week. So uh, I would say that's just given. We call it our happy place. When we go up there, we're happy. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's our happy place. And uh, so I would say those things, uh, the trip to Norway and buying the farm are are really happy highlights for the year. How about you? I know you've had a lot of not so good highlights. So what about the highlights? What about the good things? Um, I, well, I started making a list. I actually I had to go back through my Facebook page and see the happy things that I had posted. Um, so I got Facebook tracks other, that for us. 
It does. And I love Facebook memories and it pops up and it's, it's great. Yeah. And, and so I would like to think all the horses that I got adopted into new homes was uh, a highlight. It always is. It always makes and me a lot of our listeners happy. too. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, the, I, I found out some really cool news and I think I told it on the show, but I don't know if I told you Glenn, is that, do you remember Groot, my, my makeover horse from 2019? Yeah. I sold him after the thoroughbred makeover. He got in a pickle with that person and somebody else bought him, did some research, found out I had him in the makeover and sent him to me to restart. So that was really cool. Now that was last year, but then this year, do you know what he is now doing for a living? No. He is now a member of the equestrian team for Texas A&M. Oh, really? He's now... Yeah, and I just was He's a so thrilled. <laughs> He's a school horse. That little monster is now basically competing in Texas A&M cool equestrian team. So that and was that's a not big, a shabby highlight. equestrian team either. No, no. Oh, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, my little filly Effie got a home, which was great. So Les Coulter, our, our listener, has her, and it's awesome. Um. And going to New York to see Monty and the Cowboy and the Queen and watch oh, that documentary I knew that had with, to make your with list. Debbie and Pat. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was that was awesome. So, I mean, you know, and the movement this honestly, year was for both of us too, getting to hang out with. Oh Jared yeah, and, the the movement was great. Yeah. I went to Vegas with my brother. It was really great. Um, and then you know, honestly, I just walked downstairs. Uh, and see my new puppy. And nothing makes you feel better than a new puppy unless your husband's complaining because it ate his uh, charger for his laptop. But that, um, I don't know. Other than that. that. Other than that, new puppies are still You know, fun. he's only going to do puppies. that once when it's plugged in, right? Just once. But you know what? You should have plugged it in. She learned a lesson. <laughs> oh, you only you would think of that. <laughs> only because we've had it happen. The puppy never did it again. Yeah. No. Oh, jeez. Was puppy okay? Yeah. But uh, jumped back about three feet. Uh-huh. I yeah. imagine. Or got blown back. Hey, I also taught a clinic this year, which was really successful. And I, I think I've made, like, lifelong friends. From Are you going to do that next group. year? Haven't you and decided? Yeah, I'm doing it again next year. And actually, one of the uh, certified instructors, Hollister, he's a junior instructor. He's going to come down and teach it with me. So we're going to do that in October again. Um, so I'm going to have a, a a junior instructor helping me teach the clinic. So it's going to be really fun. And that, that'll be the Monty Roberts intro clinic next October. And I'm also going to have some intro exams in March, but you have to have taken the intro course to, to do that. And so that'll be fun So Janet and Angie and Electra. Those, those are like forever friends after that, that clinic. So it was so fun. And I'm still friends with Jen who did the last one. Like, it's great. It's great. All of the people that come to the clinic become friends for life. So it's great. Well, you spend two weeks with somebody. You're either going to be good friends or enemies when you leave. So is it going to be one of <laughs> <laughs> The fortunate thing is we're all like-minded horse people yes. that love horses. And and, and the, the partying goes away. I'm like, guys, I can't drink any more wine. I have to talk tomorrow. <laughs> so it's always a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was great. So... But that was a, b- a big highlight of the year as well. So uh, there was a lot of lot of great things. It's just been a tough month. So I'm going to, yeah. And for those that ask us every year uh, what our resolutions are for 2024, we don't do resolutions. Um, we, mm. I'm, I never was even very good at goals. Um, so 
We just haven't <laughs> ever done it. <laughs> so. I feel like like if I tell myself to do something, I will make myself not do it to be a rebel to myself. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't do Why be depressed a month later when you haven't, you've broken everyone. And every year you're depressed <laughs> a month later. So I just avoid the depression uh, by yeah, not doing just, it in the first place. We eat and drink what we want. We may not, may or may not work out. We do, you know what? There's the only people you disappoint is yourself. So you got just, me thinking just actually not. just now, and I had never thought of this before this, moment when you were talking about I asked you if you do in the clinic next year and I got to thinking I don't think we have anything you know us we usually have 12 trips planned and all that stuff I don't think we have anything and I think partly is because we're supposed to be getting a house next year right so uh, that kind of is the top priority but we don't I don't have anything we I did put okay, in to be fair yeah to be fair on Saturday, you're going on a week-long cruise, and in January, you're going on oh, another February, cruise. Yeah, another cruise. I February. forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we won't be there. First week of February, I won't be around, just letting you know. Um, oh, great. But, but uh, I did put in for travel this year, but I, not to Kentucky. Uh, this year, I did put in – I have to do that now. I have a boss. Um, I put in for October for the Five Star in Maryland because, for us, that's home. That's where Jennifer showed. I saw her first we show there. that. Maybe it's going to be the same time as my clinic. That wouldn't work. <laughs> I love Landra. I love Rolex. So, oh my god! I know, but I so. just wanted. It's for us. It's nostalgic going to Maryland. You know, because that's where I watched Jennifer do her first show. So uh, that's why we put in. Oh, that. that's sweet. Yeah. So that's kind of why we picked it. It's completely different than it was thirty years ago, but that's part of what we want to see too. So that's I think on my birthday, I can't go. Is it really? I'll go to. Yeah, I'll go to Land Rover. Okay, you go to Lane River, you cover that, I'll cover Maryland, and we'll be good to go. Good, and then I don't even have to see you. <laughs> That's it. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Live EQ is the question industry's fastest growing free mobile app. With over 60,000 users, Live EQ is on a mission to make it easier than ever to find all the opportunities you need in the horse world. With Live EQ app, you can find horses for sale or lease, stables for riding lessons or boarding, jobs in the equine industry, events like horse shows or rodeos, and now service providers such as farriers, equine dentists, and more. Live EQ is also striving to enable the growth of small equestrian businesses by giving barn managers, service providers, horse sellers, event managers, and employers a free place to list their businesses and open roles for equestrians who are actively searching. I know that's, I love their job thing in there. It's, it's very extensive and it's very well done. Any user can list a horse for sale or lease, create a stable listing, open up a new job, create an event, or start a service provider business listing. Over 60,000 equestrians use Live EQ to find opportunities in their area. Start growing your business with a free listing today. Download the Live EQ. That's Live EQ. She calls it Live Ec, uh, but then I think it's easier for to remember if you say Live EQ. It sounds uh, like equitation, though. Yeah, that's what I said, too. So I'm going with Live EQ. Uh, and you can oh. find that in your app store today. So Live EQ, uh, and you can start growing your horse world. This this has been needed since apps were available 10, 15 years ago on phones. So good for her for getting this started, Live EQ. And I really think it's going to become the industry standard here over this next year. So you can help it be that way by using it. Live EQ. All right. Let's talk about our year in review. Are you ready for the numbers? This is just okay, Jamie and I, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Horses in the Morning. This doesn't include the Tuesday and Thursday shows. This is just the ones we did. So we have done 150 episodes this year, 140 hours of programming. Our episodes have been running about 55 minutes without the post show. 
That's 8,400 minutes of our yakking. (laughs) Good Lord, I'm exhausted hearing that. (laughs) So listeners, you've spent 8,400 minutes with us. 45 hours of post-show. So that means the auditors have spent, I don't know, an additional 45 hours times 60 minutes with us. Probably over 10,000 minutes. Oh, my God. 215 guests have tolerated us or not. Uh, Approximately 400 commercials, thanks to all our sponsors who make this possible. 1,500 really bad ads. Oh, my God. Equestrian first world problems. 1,500 equestrian first. There are a lot of problems in the equestrian world. And you've done 600 weird uh, weird news stories. Are you serious? No, that can't be right. 50 times four. You've done 200. You do about four. Still, that's a lot of weird news. (laughs) That is. That is. That's a lot of weird news. So that's the numbers for this year. Now, if I take a look, this is guesstimates as best I could. If I take a look since the beginning of our show, which started in 2010, uh, we're in our 14th year now, you and I have done 2,100 episodes. This is not including the Tuesday, Thursday. Not including those. It's 3,300 if you include those. 2,200 hours of programming. So that means, Rhonda, who's listened to us since the beginning, and a couple of others, you've listened to us for 132,000 minutes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hundreds of hours of post-shows, which we started doing several years ago. I don't even know when. Over 3,200 guests, 5,000 commercials, one or 15,000. Thousand bad ads. We've been doing bad ads for over ten years. We've done over fifteen thousand bad ads. Well, wow. and they keep coming. They're still bad ads. <laughs> and a question: First world problems. We didn't start that till four years ago, I think. So four thousand. A question: First world problems. Wow. <clears throat> Jamie's Jamie's been tried to get out of a few of these over the years, but they listeners love them, so we keep doing them. I, I keep trying to stop one of these segments, and by God, they keep sucking me back in. <laughs> the focus group just loves them, and I love the fact that they love them, and Jamie's trying to get out of it. I think that's great. <laughs> so, think about the number of hours that we have spent together. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know what's amazing is that you can spend this much time talking to somebody over 2,100 episodes, 2,200 hours, and you and I very still converse very easily. Yes, and you know what? We're still surprised at things we find out about each other after all these. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's true I think of marriage too, right? You're still I surprised. Shared something on, I shared something on Monday I think took you by surprise. Yeah, so. there's always surprises. I think you have more for me than I have of you. Or I just don't talk about them. I'm not sure which. But yeah, <laughs> even after all this time. so And also, you guys have listened for that time. And we know a lot of you listen to every episode we do. So thank you for tolerating us for 8,400 minutes. Think of all the things you could have done during that time that would have been more productive than us. Are you trying to talk people out of listening to us? <laughs> Now, we help them. The way we have to look at that is everybody's listening to this while they're doing something else. We help them get through 8,400 grueling minutes of cleaning stalls, driving to work, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning the barn, doing their dishes, vacuuming. Look at all the things. Look at 8,400 minutes. We made your life better. Or pissed you off. Could Either way, <laughs> one or the other. But yeah, I mean, I listen to podcasts while I'm working yeah. or driving. So yeah, it does help. And, and I do... Because I don't listen to this one. 
clearly. Um, I do feel like a, a connection with the people I listen to, you know, and, and it, when I clean stalls, I think of this one particular podcast I listen to and I'm like, oh, wait. And when I hear them not cleaning stalls, I'm like, oh, crap, I got to go clean my stalls. <laughs> you know, like it just you put it together with what you're doing at the time. So thanks to everybody listening to for bringing us along in, in your life and letting us be part of it. I got to do a podcast recently. It's not one on the Horse Radio Network, but it is a horse-related one. It's uh, for the equestrian media called uh, the Freelance Remuda. Yeah, the Freelance Remuda. And I uh, wanted to just mention that I got to do their podcast with them, and they were talking about the state of the equine media in the horse world. And it was the last episode they did, so you can find the Freelance Remuda, which I have trouble saying for some reason. And they're wonderful. I love both of them, and I actually talked to them and helped them get started years ago. And we talked about that, and I got to thinking— can you imagine when we started this show, there was nobody asking us to talk about the state of equine media. They didn't even look at us as anything related to equine media. We had trouble getting, we had trouble for a couple of years getting press passes to go to Rolex. Yeah, uh, <laughs> We had to You're beg like, for them. Do what? <laughs> and then now, you know, we can get press passes to go anywhere. It's just crazy well, how I went last we, year and they were like, where's Glenn? Where's Glenn? I'm like, y'all didn't even want him here a few years yeah, ago. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. We had to beg. Remember, we had to beg for a table. And they put us down in this little spot where nobody could find us uh, so yeah. we could do our show. And then that changed over the years, too. But it's just so weird how far this podcasting thing has come from when we started it all those years ago. It's crazy. I love it when people, I'm like, I do a podcast. They're like, mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 I've done like. 3,000 episodes, yeah. so it's not new. Like People think, oh, yeah, everybody started a podcast yeah. in COVID. Yeah. And most of them aren't here anymore. They're right. Most of them aren't here anymore. Well, yeah. there you go. There's our numbers for this year. All right, let's hear from Daily Dose Equine, one of our terrific sponsors, and then we're going to go to Double D Trailers for part two of the trailer series. And today I got to speak with Brad, who I absolutely love. We ended up talking for an hour after we recorded this. Uh, I love This is talking about configurations and what's best for you and your horses. Non-GMO whole food nutrition is the basis of the entire Daily Dose Equine program. We never forget that natural is better and simplicity is key. Our full line of specialty horse feeds is unique in the industry. We start with high-quality non-GMO grains that are flame-roasted for safety and better digestibility. And then we add non-GMO alfalfa, timothy, peas, sunflower seeds, and flax your horse will enjoy unsurpassed balanced core nutrition with elevated levels of vitamins, zinc and copper, prebiotics, probiotics, and electrolytes in every mouthful. Find the perfect formulation for your horse at DailyDoseEquine.com. Select Daily Dose Equine formulations are available nationwide through Chewy.com and TractorSupply.com. Welcome to our monthly horse trailer series. Brought to you by Double D Trailers. Find them online at DoubleDTrailers.com. That's double, the letter D, Trailers.com. Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. One of the top requested segments we've gotten from listeners is about trailers and trailer safety. 
Brad Heath from Double D Trailers it has agreed to help us with a five-part series on trailers. Brad is the owner of Double D Trailers with over 25-plus years of experience in the horse trailer manufacturing and equestrian industry. And we had a lot of response on the first episode, and that was the do's and don'ts of trailer hauling. You can find that at horseradionetwork.com slash trailer. Today... In part two, we're talking about trailer configurations and layouts, the, the least controversial thing that we're going to discuss in these five-part series. Brad, as you know, I'm being very sarcastic about that. Because everybody has opinions, right? So is it straight or slant load? Which is better? Which is more horrible for my horse? Let's, talk, let's get into straight versus slant load trailers. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us, Glenn. And yeah, just throw me right into the lion's yeah, den right out one. of the gate, won't you? I mean, come on here. So, you know, uh, I have been doing this for a long time, and we've dealt with thousands of clients on many different styles, many different configurations. And we hear from clients, you know, my horse doesn't haul well in a straight load. Uh, I won't, I, you know, I've got to have something different. And then on the flip side, we hear from other clients, you know, I don't like slant loads. My horse doesn't haul well in that. Uh, I can't access the center horse and things of that nature. Um, I'm more of one of these folks who tends not to throw in my opinion on much of anything. That way I don't get into trouble so much. And I try to stick with, you know, what I've learned and factual information and feedback from clients over the years. You know, when we're looking at straight loads, I think the first trailer was built back in maybe the 50s and it was two horse bumper pull straight. Uh, the problems that I continue to see with straight loads today, particularly in a two horse, you know, you've got uh, once you get one horse loaded, you have the butt bar to contend with. That's uh, something that can be a hazard. We've actually had some clients get kicked while trying to access one of the horses and fooling around with the butt bar. And then when you're loading horse number two, it's sort of like a hallway effect. You know, if you got one horse in there, you got the other stall. So this guy, you're asking him to load in a smaller space. Now, granted, if you have a side ramp so that, um, you know, your horse doesn't have to back out, which is another thing that I don't particularly like because many horses don't like to do that. So if you had a side ramp, you could make the argument, hey, I can walk the horse on, I can walk the horse off, I can access either horse if I have an issue and, you know, load one or the other. The slant loads were introduced uh, back in the early 80s, I believe, is the history on that. And primarily, I think to pack in more horses in a smaller space and smaller horses too was their original intention. Uh, we'll hear from clients that say, well, my trainer says I need a straight load. And the science that I read says in a straight load that horses balance themselves on both front, both rear, front, rear, front, rear. So you don't end up uh, unloading the horse with one side that's lame or you know more fatigued than the other. Whereas in a slant load configuration, you know, they may balance on the front right and left rear, front right, left rear. And so the argument is, is over a many hour period, you know, if you're traveling to a show in a slant, uh, you may unload that horse and they favor one side or the other. So that's sort of the argument there, at least that I have heard from a trainer perspective. When we jump back to the slant load, you know, today, 
Uh, Glenn, we probably do 95% slant and I have clients all really? over the United States. That surprises yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. We have clients all over the U.S. hauling really expensive breeding horses, uh, mare and foal, show horses. Um, I mean, y- you name it, some, some, some really high dollar uh, animals that you know, clients are transporting. So uh, safety is of the utmost importance, both for horse and handler. And a lot of the complaints with slant loads, you know, my horse doesn't like to load in the narrow door uh, with the rear tack. You know, we've solved that issue on some of our designs in a two horse configuration. If it were a slant, um, the argument is, well, I can't access the front horse in an emergency situation. We offer side ramp. So that solves uh, that issue. And then even in a three horse configuration, you know, we can do a side ramp on the front stall. We can do, uh, you can access the back horse from the back doors of the trailer, but for the center horse, how do you get to him? Well, you know, we have solutions on that too. We built a three horse reverse load with a double side ramp and it allows you to access each horse independent from the other. And then uh, other pushback that we hear on slants, you know, I have a 17-2 warm blood, uh, 1500 plus pounds and he or she, they're, they're just not going to fit, uh, in that configuration and which is entirely false, uh, in horse trailers are just like pants and shoes and, uh, coats and shirts, you know, one size doesn't fit all. And so we simply collect the need of the client. We listen to what they're you know, trying to accomplish. And then from there, we, we make recommendations as to what may or may not work the best. We lay out all the information. And we let the client make their own decision. So what's the difference? So talk about the reverse slant and reverse straight. What, what does that mean? Well, you know, I never even heard a reverse of a re- reverse load. I can't say it until about 10 years ago, a client out of Texas reached out to us. And she said, hey, I really like you guys uh, safe tack compartment and I want a reverse load. And I'm like a reverse who? What is that? And so she started explaining the benefits, some independent studies that suggest horses haul with less stress in a rear facing configuration. Uh, I jumped on and really just started to kind of look of what was available in the market. And a lot of manufacturers are already building reverse loads, but they were all littered with uh, safety concerns and safety hazards, either narrow ramps, no place for the handler to escape, no access to the middle horse. I mean, it, it was a laundry list of issues. And so, you know, we put on our thinking caps and set out to solve the uh, concerns associated with reverse loads and actually have a patent on that. So uh, our solution allows you to haul a horse in a forward-facing configuration or a rear-facing configuration, and that would be in the slant design. In a straight configuration, you know, I think... Well, before uh, you go on, so that they would have a side door to load then? You could load through the side door and unload through the back, or you can load through the back door and unload through the side door. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So on the reverse load in a straight configuration, we typically see that in a two horse, I guess you maybe could do a three. I've never built one. Uh, The, what I see that I personally don't like it is the horse's head is sticking right at the back doors of the trailer for one. 
So if you get rear-ended, um, I'm not sure, you know, what the safety aspect of that would be. Oh, and then the other down. problem is on or the construction. quick. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other problem is on the construction design itself. The axles have to be, you know, if it's a two-horse bumper pull with a dressing room and you look at the axle placement uh, where the horse stands, the axles are slid farther forward on a reverse load straight than what they would be on, on a conventional straight load because they're trying to center the majority of the horse's weight over that axle bed. And that's fine. But my concern is, you know, I've had clients to haul horses in a box stall configuration. They remove the dividers. And if that weight shifts farther to the back because their head, their head is designed to be at the back, not their butt. And if you throw all that horse's body weight at the back, you know, I think you could end up with a negative tongue weight there. And that certainly wouldn't be a good situation. So, uh, just for those reasons and a couple more, you know, those uh, we recommend against straight loads and reverse loads. And it's just not anything that we will build. Let's talk a little bit about the two plus one. Um, I'm actually seeing, I think, more two plus ones or maybe I just know people who own them more. Kind of explain that configuration. Yeah, so I'm not sure who came up with that. I think I first heard of it. I don't know, maybe early 2000s. I have no idea. But um, two plus one, what does that mean? Are we hauling three horses? What are we doing here? And we offer those. I've built a handful over the years, probably less than 10. It's just not something that we've had a, a tremendous amount of success with. And what I don't like about it, you know, folks. Kind of explain uh, what it is first. Well, two plus one would be you're going to straight load two horses in the back stall. It has a partition, butt bar, chest bar. And then there's a plus one area that's just open. There's not any partitions and typically not any padding. So you could haul a horse up there. Um, sideways almost, right? Sideways yeah. or at a slant. I mean, the horse can do whatever they want if it's in a box stall and they're untethered. My preference is I like to see horses tied and I like to see horses in stall dividers for, you know, bracing and uh, you have to really get on the brakes hard and things like that. And, you know, you have a client with very expensive horses and they're very concerned about the safety. They want the padding, they want the dividers and they want all of this. And then we've just got this one guy standing at the front by himself with no padding, no divider, no anything. And it's like, you know, what, what are we doing here? It's like, uh, this one is not important. Um, so, you know, I've had a couple of instances where a client was hauling two horses, a four-wheeler, a carriage, uh, it multiple things that she was needing. And that configuration solved all of her needs. So we went with that. So, but, what, so what happens there is the two horses are in the back straight load and then, then there's a space for the carriage or whatever uh, to go in front of them. That's right. So in that particular configuration that we built for the client, uh, I don't think we had a dressing room on it, just some doors that would swing open. So what I didn't like about it is on a straight load, the divider has to be moved out of the way. If you're going to load a carriage to the back door of the trailer and roll it yeah. to the front, you know, you'd almost have you, just side doors for that. Door. You got to take the thing apart and the yeah. side door works, but only if you have a short carriage. I mean, you, you've got to, yeah, you got to be less than about a uh, 90, 80 inches to fit it in sideways. And 
many of those are longer than that. So finally, the one thing I don't think we talked about where the wheels are, we've talked about weight, we've talked about all that stuff. The one thing we haven't talked about is height. And we've all been behind trailers where you got that tall thoroughbred in there who's hunched over because he's in this little tiny uh, quarter horse trailer. Is there a general rule for the height? Yeah, it's our, our standard models in an 80 wide, it'll fit up to, you know, 15 two style horse. Those are going to be seven feet, four inches interior clearance. Uh, once we jump up to maybe a 16-1, hand guy, you know, we'd like to see 7-6 on the height. And then a huge majority of what we build for a 17 plus size, those are going to be 7-8. And I, I have folks that come to us and they're like, hey, I need an eight foot trailer. And, you know, my comment is like, in, well, in 26 years, um, I don't know that I've ever built an eight foot tall trailer before. <laughs> so, you know, I won't say that seven, eight is the magic number for any horse out there. Cause there's certainly some that are, um, you know, really tall, but majority of the time that seven, eight height will give ample room for a large size horse as well as enough headroom uh, to enter and exit through a side ramp without, you know, smacking their head on top and things like that. Well, that's terrific. A lot of good information here. And I know everybody has their own preference and we probably haven't changed any minds about straight versus slant, but that's okay. As I said, we've had both and we we both have worked fine for us because we were trying to do it within the limitations of our horses in the trailer, right? Trying to be safe. So yeah, you have to do what's safe for you as well. Uh, where can they learn more about Double D and getting a trailer ordered? Yeah, jump on our website at doubledtrailers.com. You can price out right online. You can do various configurations, select your horse size. So uh, a lot of interactive tools there. Yeah, yours is more interactive than any other I've seen. And what are we looking at? One question we did get since the last uh, part that we did is, what are we looking at lead time if somebody orders a trailer? (laughs) In... um, uh, post COVID, when all that hit, twelve to fourteen months, but you know, finally things have caught up a little bit and turned back to normal. So we're in about that ninety-day window at the moment. Oh, that's not bad at all for a custom trailer. Well, you can find the previous episodes and all the episodes we're going to do, all the segments we're going to do on trailers and trailer safety. You can find them at horseradionetwork.com slash trailer. And don't forget that Double D Trailers has a podcast. What's it called? Uh, Horse Trailer Post Podcast. Check it out. So, Stateline, you're running out of time. You have no time to order your spouse or your horse friend anything to get it here in time. When you hear this, it's probably too late. But you can buy a gift certificate. And gift certificates are horse husband approved and horse wife approved. We, we established that years ago in this show. So you can go to Stateline right now, statelinetech.com, and buy your gift certificate. Uh, and we used to – I know I've told this story before, but we have a lot of new listeners. When we had our tax shop – yes, Jennifer and I had a tax shop in the early days. We were one of the – we were the second – store to have an online presence when the internet started. Uh, VTO Saddlery was first, and we were second. You guys have done everything. We have. We were the first ones to sell on eBay. Um, we started, I started, uh, tack of the day, which a lot of you probably know about and didn't know I started. But anyway, uh, when we had our store in the early days, you couldn't buy it online. You couldn't pay by credit card because that didn't exist. You still had to send checks. So basically it was a catalog online and you still sent a check. Oh my God. That's, that's when we started. So we had this guy every year used to call us on the phone. 
He wouldn't even do it online. He'd call us on the phone for, for like the whole time we were in business. He'd call us on the phone and say, I want to buy my wife the gift certificate this year. Well, the first year we said, okay, how much? And you're usually expecting, what, $100 maybe, right? 50 100 maybe 200 for the really wealthy husbands uh, or really generous ones. This year, at this time, or that guy every year was $2,500. Get out. Nope. Holy cow. $2,500 every year. He used to he used to do the gift certificate every year for his wife, and she used to spend it every year like in a month. Uh, I don't know if I could spend $2,500 on tack in a year, but I sure would like to try. <laughs> Tell Chad. Uh, so, yeah, that was the guy. He, he did that every year. And I figured, you know, she, they probably had a lot of money. I guess, or he was broke and running up his credit card. I don't know, uh, but she or he did. just does is all he gave her. That's well, like, sure, I, the whole year. If it isn't, she's one lucky woman. <laughs> but yeah, she used to buy one year. She bought a saddle, and then, then one year she bought a pile of stuff. We sent boxes of stuff out there. Can you imagine trying to spend twenty five hundred dollars worth of stuff on State Line? You would have a, a crate. You'd have a pallet coming in. <laughs> So Please yeah, bring my back the truck in. So if you're feeling you know bad, if you were a bad boy this year and need to make it up to your wife, twenty five hundred dollar gift certificate, state line tech. If it's not listed because it's too high an amount on the website, just call them; they'll take your money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one of these for this year. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's weird news. Hold on, we're puppy wrangling. What's going on? Why is she in here? Why is Lucas off uh, of school? She... <sighs> yeah, it's it's out of school. He's out of school for already? like three weeks. Yes, already. But she eats quartz, so I can't have her in here during this. But I love her and I love you. <laughs> no, we had cats awesome. that used to take us off the air. <laughs> When we were alive. Do you remember the puppy? Yeah, yes. when I was down, it ate through my headphones while I was on the air. <laughs> like, awesome. So I was like, I didn't see that again. So why that. we don't do this show live anymore is Jamie's fault. It's her pets that caused uh-huh, this stuff. Probably. Yeah. It's fine. All right, weird news. Okay, so I decided to do something a little different for Weird News. I would still like to thank the awesome people who sent me Weird News stories. Um, Allison, Claire, Glenn... Danielle, Nikki, April, and Delia. Uh, If you are looking through your news and you see something and you're like, dude, that's weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Weird news in the subject line, and then uh, you will help contribute to this. How many weird news stories I do? 200? Okay, this year. So thank you for contributing. Um, So... We love to highlight uh, Guinness Book of World's Records, like the weird things. Yes. You know, on on weird news, it seems to come up like every few weeks, some weird uh, thing that has happened with a Guinness Book of World's Records. Like, you can't believe there's a record for that. So compiled from UPI.com is a list of the top 10 weirdest Guinness World Records of the year. (laughs) And they seem and to most get weirder of them, and weirder. Most of them have video, and I would encourage you to follow the link to this so you can watch, like this first one, which is a talented tabby cat hailing from Missouri, jump roping. The most times in one minute for a cat ever, nine times. That's the record <laughs> to break. She and her 13-year-old Kit Kat have been practicing jump rope routines since the cat was six months old. Six months old. 
And they finally broke the record for nine in a minute. That seems like the cat maybe doesn't like it. Does that seem like a... It doesn't seem like a lot to me. You've been practicing for 13 years and your cat jumps it. She taught a cat to do anything. That's (laughs) true. (laughs) I guess it takes 13 years to teach a cat to jump rope nine times. Some cats don't even learn to use a litter box. So, I mean, think about it. No, it's true. It's true. The next one I actually think we covered on Weird News. And this is the Maryland woman named Kimberly Winter. And she burped. It's the loudest burp ever by a woman. 107 decibels. That is as loud as a motorcycle at full throttle. That's like TSO concert level right there. (laughs) (laughs) I could not date that Um, woman, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. No. 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 no, Um, I don't think I could date this guy. He's a French firefighter. His name is Jonathan. He, Don, again, it begs the question, why? Why would you do this? French firefighter Jonathan Vero donned a protective suit and was set ablaze on a track, set on fire, and ran 893 feet, which earned him the records for the long-distance full-body burn run without oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) Why? What could possibly go wrong with that one? Get an entire suit that lights you on fire and you run. You got no air. How far can you make it before you die? <laughs> Apparently, he's still alive. <laughs> uh, another one. Let's see. I think we might have covered this one as well because it's about Rocky, a nine-year-old boxer from Bloomington, Illinois. And he had his tongue measured. And from the tip of his snout to the tip of his tongue, five and a half inches. Wow. <laughs> Oh, man, when he do, licks your face, now. it's a whole new oh. level of, ugh. You are covered. Now, he did beat out Zoe, the Labrador German Shepherd mix, who had a five-inch tongue. And <laughs> she had earned that title earlier in the month, but they were like, hold my beer. My dog's got a longer tongue it was and was boxer? taken down as a boxer. I don't see them boxer. having long tongues, but I guess this one. Oh, man, when they get hot, it's like. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. Julia. <laughs> I can't um, do drooly dogs. We never have been able to do drooly dogs. A ball, uh, a ball, Fazil Saber Makatari. Okay. It was worth saying his name because he is a very talented individual. He lives in Iran. And this year he set the Guinness Book of World's Record for balancing 88 spoons on various parts of his body. <laughs> Cool. That's that guy. Uh, (laughs) He beat his own record of 85. So he's a double victor. Um, Avery Emerson Fisher. She's 13 years old. And she has two interests in life, Glenn. And one is scuba diving. And one is stage magic. (laughs) You don't picture a 13-year-old scuba diving, do you? (laughs) She loves magic. And scuba diving. So it led to the um, fantastic Guinness Book of World's Record record-holding moment of doing 38 tricks underwater in one minute while scuba diving. Really? How do you do card tricks underwater? She is literally in a video holding cards like doing card tricks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And with the rabbit drown? I don't drown? ask questions. 
Oh God, Glenn. I think it's card <laughs> tricks. Okay. I didn't watch the whole video because it's a 12 year old doing card tricks. Pull the rabbit out of the hat. I'm so. just thinking about the rabbit drowning. And the, <laughs> how about the doves? They don't do so well underwater either. Uh, German restaurant Vapiano <laughs> gathered 465 couples at the Tempelhof Airport hangar in Berlin to perform simultaneous Italian kisses. Do you know what Italian kisses, Glenn? No. I knew the French had kisses. I didn't know the Italian had separate kisses. The Italian kiss involves two people putting spaghetti noodles, one spaghetti noodle, in their mouth and uh, making their way like in Lady and the Tramp. They held the record of 465 couples simultaneously eating a spaghetti noodle together and locking lips when they meet in the middle. I can't make that up. Can't make that up. <laughs> um, shall I keep going? You want to hear more? Yeah, sure. This is fun. All right. So I don't feel um, like working, this one, so. <laughs> Andre Ortolf, he is a serious serial world record, world record breaker. He has broken over a hundred records to his name. Okay. This guy, his life is to get into the book. Well, congratulations. You've done it again. You donned a blindfold and assembled Mr. Potato Head in less than a minute. (laughs) (laughs) How many times? Just once? Actually. He added the feet, arms, face, and hat to the plastic spud in 12.11 seconds. That is the fastest time to assemble a Mr. Potato Head blindfolded. Does this guy start with an idea and then go to the book, or does he go to the book to get his ideas? Do I go to the book and be like, "Mm, I can beat that? I I mean, somebody somewhere had to create a reason, you know, like a thing. I don't know. And does he have a job? How do these people have time when they have a job to do all of this? It is amazing. I think mm. this is their job. Two more, two more. And this has got to be, I mean, unfortunately, there is no photo of this, but I feel like somebody could find it and send it to me because, I mean, how hot is this guy? Paul Slossar of Somerville, South Carolina. He has the record for the longest mustache on any living person <laughs> that is a man. <laughs> Sounds like there's a woman with a longer one. That's right. Um, Paul Slossar has a length of his two foot one inch whiskers and I'm a ver- officially verified at this place. This is a place. The National Beard and Mustache Championships in Casper, Wyoming. Oh, my God. Who knew? He has sports and English style mustache and uh, it's slender. This is what they, the, the World Beard and Mustache Championships, describe. say that five times fast, <laughs> describes it as slender, beginning from the middle of the upper lip, with hairs extremely long and pulled to the side, tips maybe lifted and curled slightly. I need a picture of this. Somebody find it. <laughs> That's a long mustache. I can't imagine Oh my God. That. That's a long mustache. Uh, now, the final uh, thing, um, Bulgarian man, Koloyan Yavashev. He is a professional parrot breeder. That's right. He is a professional parrot breeder. Took up the side gig of 
professional parrot training, and him and his he and his uh, friend Chico have broken the world record for, and they did this on the Italian TV show La Show del Record. And uh, Chico rode a scooter 16.4 feet in 14.58 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. His his cockatoo rode a bike. And there's a video. And it's awesome. But it's still, you know, being a parrot breeder and trainer. I mean, I guess he might think training horses is weird, I guess. Whatever. But <laughs> way to go, Chico. Gotta, and there you go. This is probably less. No, I was going to say less cleanup. But birds are messy. So that's not true. Oh, yeah. it's impressive. Well, just know that it is accompanied with very loud techno type style music and I couldn't listen to it. So I, I didn't see the whole thing, but I will send you that link, Glenn, okay. and you can put that in the show notes. So everybody can watch videos of all these awesome people. Well, thank you again, everybody for listening in. Uh, we'll have a brand new equine affair episode for you tomorrow. And then we start our best of episodes that thank you to Ashley for putting those together this year. We have some fun stuff planned for you the rest of the year. Jamie and I will be back in January after the holidays. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Be safe. Uh, have some fun with the family there, Jamie. We're going to have fun on our balcony drinking uh, strawberry daiquiris. So that's <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, buddy. Everybody, Spain, Duder, and Guild. Have a great one. Auditors. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. All the things. Oh, hold on, auditors. All right, we are not going to need a disclaimer for this post-show. We just wanted to thank you all for listening to us and for supporting us financially this year. Uh, we love you guys. You're so much fun to to do stuff with and to hang out with. And uh, being part of the auditor room is a highlight for Jamie and I both. So uh, I don't know any other podcasters, I mean, and I could be wrong, who like make friends with their listeners. And we we have made friends with all these people, all of you people that are listening right now. I mean, I feel like I, Look, I, I know most some of, of their farms. <laughs> so I, I know yeah. right? we have made friends with all these people and travel with them and they come to my house and you go to their house and it's just awesome. I mean, what a, what an awesome community. It's not something we thought would ever happen or even thought about. I mean, it's not something we ever thought no. about. I mean, when we started, you just did a show and people listened and that was it. And then years ago, actually, thanks to Patreon, we had a way for people to – we never did a private room on Facebook for the show um, that was not gated and that you had to donate to get into it because it brings in the element we didn't want. It brings in, uh, you know, a certain number of scammers and all that stuff. And it's just a hassle. And we always, if we, if we ever did it, we wanted it to be a safe place that you could all hang out and it would be a positive, upbeat place. And that's happened thanks to you guys. I mean, you, you're the ones that keep it that way. Uh, but thank you for making it a place that people can come and feel safe and post about things they would never post anywhere else. Matter of fact, that's probably the thing we see the most, right? I can't post this on my personal page. So I'm posting it here. Um, and I might have done that. <coughs> we're glad, times. though. I mean, we talk about things in the post show we can't talk about anywhere else. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our lives. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And thank you, Jamie, for another year here hosting the show and hanging out with me on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. 
Well, cheers. Here's to many more, friend. Yep. We're, we're, I'm not quitting anytime soon, uh, as much as people keep at saying, are you quitting? We're worried you're going to quit soon. <laughs> now, you know what? We're going to be getting, a, we're gonna be ki- getting a house next year. We have to pay for it. So <laughs> apparently I can't quit anytime soon. Jennifer saw to that. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, everybody. We really do appreciate your support. And we love you guys. <laughs>